women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Aguten Erev Shabbos project. Aguten Erev Shabbos. Parshas Vayera. Aguten Erev Shabbos. Shabbos, the culmination of creation. Shabbos, Hashem's gift to us. Shabbos, the day that blesses all the days of the week ahead. Shabbos, the day that is the crown of creation, that culminates, that brings together all of our activities, all of our work in the six days before. And what a fitting Parsha. What a fitting Parsha to go with our chief rabbi's theme, where he wants us to host others, to extend hospitality, because that's exactly how the Parsha begins. Vayera. Vayera. And Hashem appeared to Avraham. And it was the third day after his bris. In the Parsha last week, Avraham Avinu, Abraham, our patriarch, circumcised himself at the age of 99. Even a baby needs to recover from a bris. But for an older person, for a really old person at the age of 99, it was major. And Avraham Avinu needs to recover. And now it's the third day after the bris, which is known as the day of the turning point, the day of the greatest pain, but from there will come healing. Vayera elov Hashem. And the Almighty Himself came to visit Avraham. We're told He came to ask how He's feeling. Amazingly, when somebody visits the sick, we're told they help them get better. They remove one-sixtieth of the actual ailment. When Hashem came, He healed him completely. Hashem sent him the angel Rifael. Of course, it's Hashem who heals, but there's always as we live in this world, something that needs to be done in a practical way because our world is called Olam Ha'asiya, Olam Ha'asiya, the world of action. And despite the fact that, yes, the Almighty Himself directs, the Almighty Himself actually orchestrates is something called divine providence, Nevertheless, we play a vital role in preparing this world to be a palace for God, an orchard for God, a home for God. How can you make a home for the king? The king has to tell you what will make him comfortable. And every human activity, everything that we do in the seemingly natural way 
when we do it correctly, when we do it for God's purpose, whether it's visiting the sick or inviting guests, whether it's having children, educating children, whether it's having self-sacrifice, all of this needs to be done humanly. It's not like we can be married by remote control or raise our children just by kind of having someone to wash them and feed them. It requires heart and soul, mind and body. It requires hands. It requires eyes and ears and words. It requires human endeavor, warm, involved. And that is how the matriarchs and the patriarchs, beginning with Avraham Avinu and Sarah Imenu, that's how they lived their lives. These people were royals. These people were superior in every way, intellectual, emotional, developed people, spiritual, holy people. Nevertheless, what was their primary activity? They fed people. Not just fed people, but they fed them the best. Not just prepared the best food, but fed them themselves. Sat with the people. They extended themselves to make the people feel not only welcome, but nurtured. That indeed is a whole other, a whole other teaching for us. Yes, we can do the actions, but that's not what it's about. It's about living. It's about investing ourselves fully. It's about walking the walk. As King Solomon says, in all your ways, in all your journeys, in all your personality and character traits, know him. And the word to know is the word to be connected. Connect with God in your joys and in your sorrows, God forbid. Connect with God when you eat and when you sleep, when you marry, when you have, when you raise children. Connection. And the word for connection is also reflected in the word mitzvah. Mitzvah is from the root word tzav sovachibur, connection. And Abraham is sitting outside his tent now. And why on the third day, the most painful day, is he sitting Pesach HaOihel. It is so hot. Hashem has intentionally heated up the world. As our sages tell us, he took out the sun from its sheath, from its shield, in order to make it too hot for people to be traveling so they wouldn't bother Avraham. In order to heal Avraham, there were reasons that he made it so hot. And Avram could have said, you know what? I'm 99 years old. I have walked the walk, talked the talk, schlepped around for the last 24 years. I have gone way beyond my comfort zone. 
It's the third day after my bris. I'm going to take some time for me. Why was Avraham sitting at the doorway, at the Pesach Oihel? Let's talk more about that after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. And we were talking about Avraham Avinu taking a break. He cannot take a break. Not only is he sitting, not lying in bed, sitting at the doorway of his tent, looking for passers-by, but when he sees some people, they were really angels, but how does he respond? Vayorotz. He didn't just uh, make a weak motion with his hand, call somebody else to call them in. He stood up. He ran. And there's a lesson. Because everything that the matriarchs and the patriarchs did, everything that the Torah tells us, applies to us. Applies to us extra at the time that we read that portion. And Avraham was sitting there to look for somebody else to bring close to Hashem. Maybe there's one more person. Yes, I'm 99. Yes, I don't feel well. But maybe there's one more person I can reconnect with his father in heaven. Our father in heaven. If you care about your father, if you really love your father, you will extend kindness to his child. And this child wasn't just any child. These are children who have strayed far. As the word goes, the oiver voshov, which doesn't just mean a passerby, but it actually means someone who has been oiver. He has transgressed. Voshov, and maybe he can bring him back, return him with teshuva to his father in heaven. An amazing, amazing privilege that Avraham does not want to miss. Not one opportunity. And how do Avraham and Sarah do this? Not only with the best, not only with great energy, but even when they're not feeling great. It's an amazing, amazing teaching. And it infuses us, their children, with not only the guidance and the inspiration, but actually the power. It's not just ma'asei ovois simon levonim. It's not just a simon, a teaching. But it is nesinas koyach. It gives us the power. And there is an amazing, amazing result, as we'll soon see. And the question is asked, if God loves us, and he doesn't want us to suffer because he's good, why in the world would he only wait till the third day till he visited Avraham? I mean, Avraham is suffering. Avraham is Hashem's dear one. Avraham oihavi. Why wouldn't he come right away and just shorten the road? Avraham deserves it, doesn't he? But we learn from the deeds of Hashem himself that mitzvahs must be done in a natural way. We think miracles, those are the great things. The miracle of breaking our nature 
in order to do things naturally, as it were. I'm struggling with myself. It's not easy for me. There is pain, and ultimately there is healing, and there is benefit. There is benefit in the journey that cannot be achieved when one just is handed the gift. And Hashem was showing us, we have to do things b'derech ha'teva. Otherwise, we cannot achieve the goal, which is to make this physical world, which he created, with all its physical, law, physical laws, restrictions, seeming contradictions, he made it in order for us to partner with him to achieve an astounding, astounding anomaly. You're going to have infinite God live in finite world. You're going to have infinity in a space. But to make this world a dwelling place for Hashem, Hashem designed it. And he said it takes real effort, real work, real going through, real feelings. But all those feelings have to be connected back to the source, the creator of those feelings. Even pain and hardship, challenge, God forbid. If we know that this is the way, then we also begin to understand why Hashem doesn't want us just to live in Jerusalem, attend the yeshiva, just meditate and pray, live a spiritual life, live up in Tzfat. It's all wonderful there. You feel the holiness. But our job is to know that, obviously, if that's where God put us, there's lots of work to be done there. But it cannot be done by being withdrawn. And in a simpler way, we have to marry we have to have or nurture children. I know there are some who are not yet married who would dearly want, love to be married. We have to make every effort to help these people. We have to work. We can't just sit and study. As wonderful as that is for the soul, the soul achieves infinitely greater heights when it's involved in the world. And that's why even here Hashem did not come until the third day. Because on the third day, that's already a day of healing. And he came to heal him within the laws of nature. Because it takes three days. And then he sent the angel, Raphael, the angel of healing. Does Hashem cry when we cry? He does. But he refrains from wiping our tears too soon so that we can take steps on our own. And we change when we do that. You know, Hashem only answered or visited on the third day. You know, sometimes we ask, I have prayed, I have begged, I have pleaded, I am suffering. That too is a path to refinement, it's a path, an opportunity to prepare this world 
So it'll be real. It's not just remote control. Hashem could have made this world, the orchard, the palace, the, the incredibly spiritual place that the heavens are. But he wanted us to have a portion in doing this. A partnership. Not play, play. Real, real. And this is the world of action. Yes, we must think. Yes, we must do. We must think before we do. We must speak. We must think before we speak. But it's the words and the actions, the healing words, the helping actions that change the world. And we become different. We see, we appreciate things differently. And lo and behold, the world has changed. We can only appreciate something that we really work for. When we're different, we have different eyes, different awareness. When we're refined, we have a different sensitivity, reception. We see others differently. We no longer get in the way. We no longer only see, but what about me? What about me? We see things and then we become a fitting host to host the King of Kings. We're making this comfortable for him. This indeed was the way that Abraham and Sarah taught us, trod the way to show hospitality. Hospitality to which they stretched beyond themselves to the seeming unknown. These wayfarers who were idol worshippers, who worshipped the dust at their feet. What did Abraham and Sarah have in common with them? Abraham and Sarah bent down. Abraham and Sarah became great by bending down. There's an incredible greatness that we can reach by going against what is comfortable. Avraham and Sarah did not wait till somebody knocked on the door. Avraham and Sarah initiated that. Hashem too, he's waiting for us to initiate in our lives, in our feelings, in our derech, becholderochecha, wherever the journey takes us. Of course Hashem could have made it, could have made it easy. But by imposing himself, it would not have been real to us. We need to prepare the hospitality. He's waiting to be welcomed. He's waiting for us to show that we are truly an equal partner in the effort that we make to the best of our own ability. It's our own work to raise our level of awareness, our level of sensitivity, our level of humanity, and become royal, which intrinsically we are, for we were fashioned by God to be different than the animals. And of course, as the children of Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, we are intrinsically royal and refined and connected 
but we need to bring that to the fore to be ready. And so the parsha begins with Hashem visiting Avraham in order to ask how he was feeling, to teach us. We need to be there to heal others. Never say, I'm too busy, I'm too great. Never say, I can't relate to that person. Visit the sick. Hashem did it. And it's at the very beginning of our history. And he sent three angels in the form of humans. One to inform the matriarch Sarah that at the age of 90, a year from now, it was Pesach then, and the next year Yitzchak would be born. The second one was there to overturn Sodom, to destroy Stoim. And the third one, to heal Avraham. And they are in the form of people. Hashem does everything in a way that's a message from him. We could think they were just people. They were angels. We have to look at everything that happens to us as a messenger from God, a messenger to help us, to guide us. We have to open our eyes. We have to extend hospitality. We have to welcome these visitors, even if we're in pain, even if we're not in the mood. And the Rebbe explains, when it says, and God appeared to him, each one of us has to take a lesson from this. We are a son and a daughter of Avraham Avinu. How did Avraham merit that God should appear to him? It was through the effort that he made with hospitality. And with all the preparation, says the Rebbe, not only did he host, but how did he host? And not only hospitality, but generally feeling for others. Gmilut chasadim doing benevolent things for others, putting effort into it. Number one, he was sitting there because he was looking. He was searching for guests. Number two, he jumped up, he ran to them. He welcomed them in a way that they could not mistake, that they were welcome, and they could not refuse. They were really angels who came to give him a message, and give his wife a message. He had to know about Sodom. It was an angel to heal him, an angel to inform Sarah that she would have a child. He ran, and then he fed them of the very, very best. Think of it. Three animals were slaughtered, so each one could have the most delicate part of the animal, a tongue with mustard each one his own in order to feel that there was enough. He did it bizrizos with tremendous alacrity. He did it besaver ponim yofois with an incredibly welcoming demeanor. He didn't just smile with his mouth. He smiled with his whole body. He was warm. He was totally, totally welcoming. How much more so should we do this 
especially on the Shabbos project. I know that many of us have a Shabbos project every week. Baruch Hashem. We honor the Shabbos. We celebrate the Shabbos. We welcome guests. But let's talk about this concept of nurturance, whether it's Shabbos or not. Are we welcoming? Do we see the needs of others? Do we extend ourselves to others? Do we give gemilus chasodim? If we do, we are promised vayera elav Hashem. When we do chesed, Hashem mida keneged mida does chesed. When we extend ourselves in kindness, whether or not the recipient deserves it, whether or not we deserve, he will be kind to us. But then the Rebbe points out something even more marvelous. He says the soul too needs to be nurtured. It too needs to be welcomed. Sometimes the soul feels far. Sometimes the soul needs a lot of hospitality, spiritual hospitality, spiritual nurturance, gemilas chasodim, free loans, free extension, food, clothing, shelter in a physical sense, food, nurturance, clothing, garments, mitzvahs, shelter from terrible Environments, that is spiritual sustenance for the neshama. And by us spreading the message of Torah, a Torah word, inviting someone to come and study, spreading Yiddishkeit, spreading Hasidic teaching, outward, like the Baal Shem Tov said, Vayera Elov Hashem. Here, God becomes connected to us, He appears to us, it's an even greater connection. Why? Because when we do kindness to others, Hashem will do kindness to us. But when we bring people close to Hashem, not only do they get close to Hashem, but we get close to Hashem to the point where Vayera Elav Hashem, Hashem appears to us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. We need to stretch. We need to change. And the incredible example is in the next part where Hashem has informed Avraham that he is going to destroy Stoim because that area has been promised to Avraham. And we're told that Avraham approached Hashem and said, Are you also going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? And Rashi tells us, Avraham took a step forward to speak harshly to Hashem. Avraham? The Ish Chesed? In his nature, he was a man of loving kindness. Avraham? who Hashem calls Avraham Oihavi, the prophet Yeshayahu. Avraham, my beloved one, he loves me, I love him. How could he speak Ledaber Koshois? Harsh words, especially to Hashem. Avraham knows Hashem doesn't make mistakes. Hashem decided, shouldn't he just graciously accept that? 
but we see how far to save a soul Avraham would go. We must go. He is our father. Everything he did, everything the Torah tells us, is literally a directive for us. We must save a person, God forbid, who's drowning. Save a person who's, God forbid, trapped in a fire. If we have the ability, we must save bodies. We must save people. How much more so spiritually? And there are times when we think, mind your own business. Times when we think, you know how they're going to respond. There are times when we think, just forget about it and try somewhere else. And also, it's beneath my dignity. And what am I trying to do here? I know what's going to happen. However, Avraham entered to speak to people whose fate was sealed. And he thought, maybe I could save someone. And the lesson, says the Rebbe, is do whatever you can. Go against your nature. Save your friend. And as you try and save someone, it's a no-brainer. From, God forbid, being hurt, being killed, drowning, or any of those things, so too, we must try. Nothing is beneath our dignity. In fact, some weeks ago, you might have seen that post. A fellow wrote an incredible story. He was a rabbi, and he said, let me tell you my story. I was a street kid in Israel. My parents kicked me out of home because here I was, age 15, and I had just broken every rule. I was drugging. I was stealing. They couldn't risk my siblings, they felt, being influenced in the same way. And on the street, what do you think I did? Continued the same way. I was always hungry. I had nowhere to sleep, etc. And I was quite a chevraman. And I would like to, I wanted to taunt people. And if I remember correctly, one day, it was Shabbos, and they were near a shul, and for entertainment and chutzpah, he actually threw something which knocked the rabbi's hat off as the rabbi was leaving shul. And instead of getting angry, the rabbi came over to him, and he said to him, Good Shabbos, have you had anything to eat yet? And he explained how hungry he was. He went home with the rabbi, gave him yummy food. Then he said, Are you tired? He put him into a comfortable bed. He said, I slept until the end of Shabbos. At the end of Shabbos, the rabbi says to me, what do you usually do on a Saturday night? He said, I normally go to the movies. I go to the theater. I go to, not theater. I go watch a movie. So the rabbi said, how much does it cost? He gave me the money. And I went. He said, don't forget, come back. There's a place for you to sleep. Come and eat on Sunday. Come, come, come. He said, eventually, he started studying with me a little bit, a little bit of Torah, whatever, but he just looked after my body. He just kept the door open. He didn't criticize. I found out there were 12 other children, street boys, that he was doing this for. And eventually, I found my way home. And this was Rabbi Mordechai Eliyahu of Blessed Memory. Chief Rabbi, 
Really? Nothing's beneath our dignity. Each one of us has to be positive that the divine spark in the other is going to respond. Each one of us has power that we really and truly have to exercise. Hashem didn't give it to us for nothing. So let me tell you what happened in Sosev many years ago. It was freezing. It was such a bitter winter day and everyone was huddled indoors. The streets were virtually deserted. Where was the holy Reb Meisha Leib Sosever? That holy Rebbe, he was at home studying. Interestingly, he stood up, he went to the window, and he looked out as if he was expecting someone. Sure enough, from the distance he noticed somebody lumbering his way through the snow in a heavy fur coat, trying to make his way. Ah, oh, the rabbi recognized him. It was somebody called Sender. Sender was a young man from the neighboring town who had never received a Jewish education. <coughs> Sender was unrefined. Sender was not interested in anything Jewish. The Sosver went outside. My dear Yid, he called, please, why are you risking your life? Please come in and warm up. Sender didn't want to come in, but when he saw it was the Holy Sosover. Before he knew it, he was inside. He was eating a warm meal, some food, some l'chaim. And the Rav took his coat, which was drenched, and put it by the fire to, to dry. And he felt so relaxed and full that he fell asleep. By the time he got up, he was very disappointed. He realized he'd have to wait till the morning to finish his journey. Now, where was he on the way to? To a place called Brody. And then, because he woke up, so the sorcerer said, please stay the night. It would be our great pleasure. So the two now prayed the afternoon service, the mincha, and then the mairev, the evening service. They ate a delicious supper. The Sosavar arranged a comfortable bed for his guest, and he returned to his studies. Sender couldn't sleep. He heard the sweet sound of the Sosavar's voice studying the Torah. He felt the words going deeply into his neshoma, his soul. He felt the words cutting through the piles of dirt, of insensitivity from years. He felt himself being cleansed, as it were. Then he watched the Sosavar sit on the floor and perform the prayer for mourning for the temple called Tikkun Chatzais. Sender finally fell asleep, weeping profusely, drenching his pillow with tears, heartfelt tears of wanting to return, returning. The next morning, after they prayed and they ate, Sender went on his way. The Sosover family wanted to know who was this person. Was he a hidden tzaddik, a righteous man? I mean, the holy Sosover gave him so much personal care and attention. 
No, the philosopher told them, he's a simple Jew, an unlearned Jew. He had fallen so low that he had joined a band of thieves in the city of Brody. And yesterday he was on his way to meet his group to do a terrible crime. But when he left our home, he never went back to that group. He never went to Brody. He was a new man. Every year on Shabbos, Parshas Vayera, there was a holy Rebbe Sroll Bear of Yashnitze. And he used to tell the story, and he connected it to the parsha. He said, when we read that Avraham was sitting at the opening of his tent to see if there was an oiver v'shov, which means a passerby, v'yachnisem b'vesai, so he could bring them into his house, you could read the word oiver, he would explain, which means passerby is also someone who's done an avera, they've gone astray. These were the people Avraham was looking for, the people who were on the wrong path in life. He was determined to make them into a shov, bring them to teshuva. How? Lach nisem to bring them into his house. In the case of the Sosaver, it was cold outside. In Avram's case, it was hot outside. In other words, in life, there's no single reason that takes a person away from his correct path in life, the path that will bring him to happiness. But the solution's always the same. Invite them in. Show them love. Show them you care. And once they feel that personal connection, they'll be far more receptive to all the beautiful Torah and mitzvahs and Yiddishkeit that we can share and teach. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Thank you, dear Chief Rabbi and Chief Rebetzin. May your good deeds resound throughout the world and bring us Yom Shekuloi Shabbos, the day of Mashiach. Good Shabbos.